you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Boys and girls, this is the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Kylo Riley, Roderick Strong, and you're listening to Going In Raw, baby. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up, it's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit Foster, and you are watching Going In Raw. You like that? Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson and available wherever. Podcast can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, a little notify bell next to it. Make sure you always get your new Going In Raw notifications. We're also available over on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson, I think we might have some new patrons here. Mm. Uh, at the $1 mark, you get a shout out right here on the show. And uh, you also get the show ad-free. You can uh, import your RSS feed to whatever podcast app you use, as long as it's not called Spotify. Yes. Uh, at the $5 mark, you get a lot of bonus content. We got a bonus episode every day, Monday through Friday. Indeed. Um, and that's a lot of fun. It is. Let me see. I don't know. We might not have any new patrons. Oh, here we go. Yeah, we do. Uh, Travis Andrews and Toby Whittle. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the patrons. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we are here because it is that time of the month, Larson, where we review something old. Yeah, make it new again. I make it new again. And this time uh, we put three options up for vote for our mm-hmm. $10 a month mm-hmm. and up patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were the other two options? WrestleMania. We try to go with something. 1923. Like the best, the worst, and the most important. It was 16, 19, and 23. 16, 19, oh, 16, 2000, 19, because 19 is supposed to be really good. Yeah. And, and then 23, 23, that's one with Trump. It, well, it's the mo- it's like the biggest grossing one, so it's yeah. kind of the most important one. Um, plus, yeah, it's kind of apropos because he's our president now. So anyways. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyways. Ooh, leave your politics out of wrestling, Larson. It's our show. Yeah. <laughs> it's our show. In the words of Mae Young, suck it. Anyways, uh, so we decided, uh, or the patrons decided, uh, WrestleMania 2000 is the way to go. Yeah, 16. And uh, it was bad. It's not a good show. I remember being there and being unimpressed. And I thought, maybe it's just because I was hungover, because I was. Uh, I don't remember it fondly, or for that matter, much at all. After watching it, I can see why it's completely and totally forgettable, save for one match. It is highly forgettable, exactly, save for one match. Um, Which is the only match I remember. It's not even so bad it's good. Like, WrestleMania 9 was bad, but my God, that was fun. It was ridiculous. It's fun to watch ridiculous wrestling with friendos. And and for everybody who came out of the watch party, thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, I I, I have fun regardless. But, man, this was an uneventful WrestleMania. Everything, all the matches except for the big tag match, felt like... It could happen on Raw. or They smack, could have been go-home matches for, like, a real match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was not good. Well, I mean, it, add to the, the, the issues that there's only one one-on-one match, and it's the match between the Cat and Terry Runnels. Yeah. Everything else is either a multi-person match 
or a multi or a tag match or in at least one case yeah the latter match a multi-team tag match mm-hmm. so it just really feels like a glorified episode of tv yeah it really it really did it this is did. back when they hadn't made the the upgrade again to running stadiums mm-hmm. so the, the the show happened at the arrowhead pond in anaheim which is where they would regularly have raws before yeah. they started ha- in the la yeah. area before they started doing the staples center so even the like the atmosphere felt like a raw yeah and like the stage was more was different than the Raw or SmackDown, but it wasn't huge. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think they were thinking capacity more than anything, trying to get mm-hmm. as many people in the in the building. So it was a pretty modest stage. Um, <clears throat> just a lot of it didn't feel important. They tried to make the main event feel important by inserting a bunch of McMahon's into it, rather than just having a really well built up one on one match between The Rock and Triple H, two guys who have a lot of history up to this point that could have been capitalized on to tell an interesting story, and yet they chose to focus more so on the McMahon. Uh, drama than like the stories between the wrestlers. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was sort of my point as well. Stone Cold and Undertaker were both injured during this time, and so that's why neither of them were on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stone Cold obviously would have been in the main event. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't know if it would have been another sequel at The Rock, or maybe they would have elevated Triple H as well, and it would have been Stone Cold versus Triple H in terms of one on one. It feels like what what it felt like was we don't have our biggest guy, so let's put four of our four biggest guys that are available in this match. Well, let's, let's bring our three top guys and bring another one out of retirement. Yeah, right, exactly. But it didn't feel. Instead, you could have had two guys who were top guys, Triple H and Rock, re reignite their rivalry which we had seen uh with the intercontinental title mm-hmm. we had seen it with nation versus dx mm-hmm. and let's have them feud over the biggest title over the biggest title that would have made all the sense in the world instead they bring the big show in which i know he was a big acquisition a year earlier yeah roughly yeah a little bit more yeah but like i mean really i mean i guess he he had been champion at by this time i think so yeah i think there was one shot of him with the championship but i don't battle. know if that was him during your all check but i mean i imagine it was not a it was not a lengthy run Mm-mm. um so i don't know i never really saw a big show as like a main eventer past like 1995 when he debuted yeah um but i don't know i feel like it it would have made the it would have made it feel bigger if you had a really iconic one-on-one match to anchor that main event, and instead they toss Big Show in, who gets eliminated pretty quickly in that match, yeah, and then Mankind—I'm uh, sorry, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, whatever he's going by at this point—he's um, tossed in there too, and he had already retired. And so I don't know; it just it watered it down. Even though the majority of the match was Triple H versus Rock, if you want the, if you want a big fight feel, you need it, it's got to be one-on-one. Um, yeah, uh, he won the w, the title at the pay-per-view before Armageddon. Which one was that? And then, yeah, the Survivor ins- Series. And then the insertion of the McMahons. It was just obvious that Vince thought that that was the draw. Yeah. And that's that's a huge folly. And it's funny because he never really got over that. No. He no, literally never got because that's what we're doing right now. I know. I know. Even though it's sort of utilized a bit a bit better right now. Back then, you know, if you look at, for example, the Invasion poster, 
Um, obviously, yeah, it's, it's, it's Vince and Shane. Yeah, it's Vince and Shane. Yeah, and it's like, no, it needs to be WCW versus WWE. Yeah, that's like the big. We that's don't the really thing. care about the McMahon we about family the McMahons, drama. We don't honestly. care about that stuff. If you guys want to act as facilitators to tell the stories in the ring that we actually want to see, then fine. But don't make yourself the story. So you had mentioned you were at this show. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned you were hungover. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, you mentioned that I was living, I guess, time-wise, that makes sense. I was living in the apartment with Jeff at the time. During the show, but so here's a timeline I remember. So we all went to an episode of Raw or SmackDown, I think it was Raw, at the Pond several months prior. And then while there, either they were on the seat, under the seat, given to us as we left, these forms, which you could fill out and get pre-order tickets for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I did so. I think I got four of them. They cost 50 bucks. Uh, and that's how I went. Yeah. I don't recall why I wouldn't have gone. Me I honestly want to spend don't $50. Know. That's honestly, it's probably it. Probably yeah. Like, yeah, no, I'm trying to save my money right now. I like, I could, I could have seen that. Yeah. We were all in college at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were about to graduate. Yeah. It's pretty close to that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, see, so yeah, I don't know what I was doing. I was probably just watching at home, but I don't know how I would have done that. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> maybe you went to Hooters in Santa Monica and watched it with the Miz. I don't know if I was doing the Hooters thing yet. Or Yankee I was, Doodles. I didn't do that until I moved out from the apartment that Jeff and I were living at. Yeah, it might have been Yankee Doodles. They had it. I yeah, might have, I might have gotten the Yankee reviews. Doodles. Um, I don't know if I was with Amber at the time, but I know she had like. A black box or one of those cable boxes. Maybe I was watching her mom's house or something. I don't, wow. know. I don't know what I was doing. You don't know. I was, I was not. I was. I tell you what. I won't. I was not paying full price for a pay per view. Yes, I guarantee you that. Yes, <laughs> but I did watch it. Yes. <laughs> uh, the card kicked off with uh, kind of a WrestleMania retrospective. Well, one of the cool things was the the logo they used this year had uh, fireworks and lightning bolts. Yeah, and actually, and I also had like a, a vaguely Matrix vibe to it. Everything was Matrix. They, tr- they got the, the futuristic looking fonts. They got the, the, the kind of binary code numbers in the background. Ones and zeros. Added to that, pyrotechnics and lightning, that's a recipe to make Larson very happy. And everything had like a vaguely green yeah. tinge to it. Even like they had changed the lo- like the logo has green in it. And then on the on the the, the microphone the microphone uh, flags, yeah, the the logo had a, a green stroke around it, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got a little retrospective. Then we had uh, the first match, which was the Godfather and D'Lo Brown, who came down to the ring accompanied not just by uh, the victims of his sex trafficking, but uh, Ice T, yeah, singing or hip-hop, rapping, hip hop legend. And more important, star of, of SVU and also mm-hmm. star of one of my favorite Chappelle's show sketches. Oh, it was a player's ball. Player haters ball, man. Player haters ball. <laughs> that one's great. That's good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, he, he wrapped uh, their theme down to the ring. That was cool. I think he just said pimpin' ain't pimpin', pimpin' ain't pimpin' ain't easy repeatedly. That sounds right. That sounds right, too. I don't remember any of their lyrics. Me neither. I don't know if that's all he said, but he said that a lot. Godfather looked pretty cool, though. He had like a different outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like had. a sequined shirt. Because most of the time he wore something that looked vaguely like a leprechaun, but with like some orange to it. Yeah. Well, usually he had the vest Didn't he have a and bowler? the hat. He had like a well, bowler. it wasn't a bowler, but it had a hat with a feather in it yeah. and some bright colored pants. Yeah. And that now he had a, 
dreadlocks, mm-hmm. like a, a white sequin shirt, or braids. Yeah, yeah, or a braid. Yeah, I think it was. I think they were dreads. Aren't dreads like just when they're really, really thick and like grown out? I think his were braids. Oh, yeah. I don't know the technical jargon. I just think um, and then uh, white pants. Mm-hmm. Look very comfortable. They look very comfortable. He looked very fancy. Um, there was one one of those escorts, one of those who who fell over. L.A. model who fell over. It looked like ringside, and then when she got in the ring, looked like she had a hard time walking because she has gigantic platform heels on. It was all very uncomfortable. Yes, they were taking on uh, the SWAT team of Boss Man and yeah. Bull Buchanan, Bull B- B- the Proto Shield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, NWO Shield. Well, pre Shield. Pre Shield, yes. Shield is really NWO Boss Man Bull Buchanan, if mm-hmm, you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they had a tag match. Bull Buchanan's pretty impressive with his uh, athleticism. Yeah, he was fairly athletic. I don't remember because he, he was, what, 6'6, six, six, something like that? He was a tall dude. And he did that kind of springboard clothesline on D out of the corner that, that took me by surprise. He was the original Donovan Dijakovic. I guess so. Uh, but then at one point, uh, Bull, after we've already seen him very adept at using the top rope. For maneuvers, mm-hmm. he's on there about to do something and just falls. Yeah, he just and it wasn't off. a botch. That was scripted. He fell and and hit his crotch on the top turnbuckle. And it wasn't like Godfather messing with no, the ropes. He or just anything. fell. He just he falls. Uh, then D'Lo hits a Frankensteiner on on him. Uh, and there's this one point where Bull just kind of lightly pushes D'Lo off the top rope. Bull's trying to be very safe. And as a D'Lo worker. just landed on his feet. Yeah. Um, but the finish saw Boss Man hit D'Lo with his finish. And then Bull follows with an impressive yeah. top rope leg drop. That was a good-looking top picking rope up the win. leg drop. I wonder what Bull Buchanan's doing these days. Didn't Bull you check during the show? I checked. That he retired in, like, 2014? Yeah, but. He had a, a, a pretty decent 20-year career? I guess so. Now, Bull Buchanan now. You want to see a picture of him now? Whoa, is he a sheriff? What? Really? Whatever happened to Bull Buchanan? Oh, is he a sheriff? I'm That'd be interesting. Bull Buchanan the of life year. imitating art. A <laughs> uh, year before his retirement from wrestling ring, Barry Buchanan, his name is Barry Buchanan, Barry. started working for Carroll County Jail in Carroll County, Georgia. He was made a deputy in 2014, and that is when he decided to call it quits from pro wrestling. I wonder if he is. probably makes some good money. I wonder if his uh, law enforcement aspirations began when he started teaming up with Boss Man. That could be. Where'd happen to his neck? This yeah, I don't know. Doesn't look like his neck. Yeah. But, you know, where's where's Carroll County? They said Georgia, right? Oh, is that what it is? Georgia? Is yeah, I thought you said Georgia in there. Uh, yeah, Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Woo. Barry Buchanan, Bull Buchanan. That, that sounds like a, a sheriff's name in like a... Officer Bull. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a Smokey and the Bandit villain. Yeah, I know. You know, or a, a Bo and Luke Duke villain. Yes. Um, after that match, which again seemed like it could have easily happened on Raw or SmackDown, uh, we had a Triple H Stephanie segment backstage. You mentioned this not during this one, but the second Triple H and Stephanie. This was at the point when he was talking pretty quiet. He had intensity, but he was still doing the soft voice mm-hmm. that we saw from DX. You know, uh, we used to say more but better. Look, you and I were champions. Now look at us right here. This is the McMahon Helmsley era. This is the McMahon Helmsley era that people are going to be tired of really quick. But I'm. I'm I'm booking myself really strong these days. At some point, he went gruff. More authority to his voice. Yeah, I feel like that was that was pre-evolution. So sometime between here 
And like three years from now, from then. I wonder if it was when he, when he tore his quad and came back. He just did a full reinvention of Triple H. I remember he was gruff when he said he'd come back. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. I mean, that's what it that was. Could be. That's that what could it was. be. That would make sense. Uh, after that, we had uh, Tim White, who was hosting some sort of hardcore, ba hardcore battle royal meeting, yeah, setting up had the rules. A camera in a creative meeting. That was interesting. Yeah. So he's up there. He's laying forth the rules, 15-minute time limit, but pin away. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the title could change hands any number of times during that 15 minutes, but whoever holds the belt when the clock ends is champion. Yeah. He made it sound so simple when explaining the rules. In practice, however, a bit more complicated. We'll find <laughs> out next. Because that was the next match, the Hardcore Battle Royale, where participants are Taz, who really got the short straw of WWE. They didn't do much with him. Then he got hurt. He was great. He was he, he was really good at commentary, at he least. Was, uh, he was really good at his commentary. His theme music was great. Yeah. His packaging, which largely uh, was a holdover from ECW, great. Yeah. The singlet, the towel. Oh, it was awesome. He looked badass. Oh, man. His Tron was great with the multiple Tazes walking back yeah. and forth. Add that to that the incredible theme, attitude. which, of course, is now pretty much just the Shield theme, mm -hmm. the Roman Reigns theme. Slow down. Um, next, Viscera, formerly Mabel, of course, mm -hmm. member of the Ministry of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, mean Street Posse, one wrestler, two of Shane's friends. <laughs> uh, Hardcore Holly, the former Sparky Plug. Yeah. Uh, Shoot wrestler. Yeah. Taka Mishinoku <laughs> and Funaki. Kai and Tai. Uh, the Headbangers. Uh, the Acolytes before they were the APA. Mm -hmm. And before JBL was a god of wrestling. And apparently, when, wait, when did he do that thing to Edge? Was I, it during the APA days? I think it would be prior to this. Yeah, I would think so. I would think it'd be when Edge, because Edge had, look, when they brought Edge in, that they had pushed him kind of to the moon-ish, you know? They, yeah, there was a lot of vignettes he before He immediately his was like debut, intercontinental yeah. contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I assume it was, it was sometime before this. Yeah, probably. And then uh, walking into the match, hardcore champion, Crash Holly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is pretty quickly pinned by Taz, like 30 seconds into the match. Via Tazplex, Taz is now hardcore champion. Yeah, uh, I mean, this was basically like there was a lot of cookie sheets and like a lot of garbage can lids and a lot of three counts. Like a lot of people won the, that hardcore title during. Yeah, this. I'm a, well, I, I wrote them all down. Uh, shortly thereafter, Mabel uh, runs Taz into the ring post, hits him with a power slam, pins him. He is new hardcore champion. Yeah. Uh, then we see that Crash Holly quickly, pretty quickly, busted open. Pete Gass, friend of Shane, mm -hmm. bleeding a ton. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, back in the ring, uh, Kai and Ty, along with, was it one of the headbangers? Yeah, it was. It was yeah. Ma uh, Mosh. Uh, they all pin Viscera. Funaki is declared the new champion. Yeah, they run away. No, Taka chases after Funaki because oh. he's trying to pin him to be hardcore champion. Oh, himself. I thought, I, I misread that. I thought Funaki ran and Taka was trying to make the getaway with him because they're as one. No, as soon as they came out of the pinfall, Taka went after Funaki. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so Taka gives chase after Funaki. They all jog after them. And everybody else more or less jogs after him backstage. Uh, Rodney gets to pin Funaki. And then right afterwards, sorry, friend of Shane, Rodney. Thank you. Right afterwards, real wrestler Joey Abs mm -hmm. hits a gut, gut run suplex on Rodney. He's a new hardcore champion. And then Thrasher uh, pins Joey Abs. That was my one wish was that none of the headbangers would get a pin because yeah. I didn't want them to have a championship. But, you know, there's something to be happy about because Pete Gass then pinned Thrasher after hitting him with a fire extinguisher. So all three members of the Mean Street Posse won the hardcore title during the oh, course yeah. of this match. So that's yeah. something to celebrate, Steve. 
Um, and then uh, Pete Gass eats a Taz Plex from Taz. Taz is once again hardcore champion. Two-time hardcore champion that matter one match. Do you have a preference on the flavor of Red Bull? I said original. Uh, sugar-free. Oh. Okay, continue, please. Um, so everybody else is brawling ringside. And then you got Hardcore Holly and Crash Holly in the ring with Taz. Mm-hmm. And they're all brawling, jockeying for position, trying to end the uh, the match as champion. Um, Crash uh, pins Taz uh, after a, a shot from a cookie sheet, um, and then Taz gets right up, gets right back up, puts Crash in the Taz mission. Bob Holly, Sparky Plug, runs in with moments left to go with yeah, like ten seconds it's left. Like ten seconds left with a plastic jar filled with candy. Yeah, smashes it against Crash and Taz's head. Mm-hmm. He goes for the cover on Crash Holly. Referee Tim White. Goes down to count the pin. One, two. He doesn't count three because the original booking for this match was he's going to hit three count after time expires. Crash retains. Yeah. However, the timing of things was off. Apparently, there was someone in a, there's a, a what culture top 10 thing about things you didn't know about WrestleMania 2000. P- apparently, there was someone in Tim White's ear, in his earpiece, counting down. Mm-hmm. Um, so the timing would be right. Yeah. It seemed like Bob Holly ran in a second and a half too early with the yeah. jar of candy. And he should have noticed what the time was on the clock, killed a little bit of time before making the cover. Because once he makes a cover, what is Tim White supposed to do? He has to count the pinfall. Yeah. And so there's about two seconds left when his hand's coming down for the three count. So he stops and does this as if to say, Crash Holly kicked out. Yeah. But right as he does that, time expires, bell rings, and uh, Finkel says, winner and new hardcore champion, Hardcore Holly. Because At this point, Crash is already halfway up the ramp with his title. Crash grabs the title, runs away because he knows that, according to the book sheet, he that is supposed was, to win. That was the finish of the match. And he did his part by kicking out. Uh, no, he didn't kick out. He oh, I thought he got an arm up. At, at way, like as time expired, okay. he got an arm up. So, uh, so well, he did his part by winning the match. <laughs> and but Fink, uh, Howard Finkel. Saw that they were kind of that they were indicating like uh, hardcore Holly's arm was kind of raised, and Tim White just had this really like, Oh, I lost my car, I don't know where in the parking lot it is. Yeah. Look on his face, and Bob hardcore Holly, looked, Holly looked legit mad because that was kind of his natural disposition, <laughs> right? Even if things went perfect, he'd probably still look mad, yeah, he'd still be cursing in the ring, yeah, and then uh. Uh, and then there you go. And then uh, Finkel called the the called it for Bob Holly. And so Tim White had to run up the ramp, grab the belt from Crash Holly, and give it to Hardcore Holly. And then apparently uh, Tim White got yelled at backstage. But guess what? Nobody cared about this match. It didn't. It didn't matter. All, all of it, seriously, it didn't matter. Who cares? Give it to Hall, give it to Bob Holly, give it to Crash Holly, give it to Taz. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and to make matters worse, something like that happens. You just brush it under the rug, move on with your show. Mm-hmm. They showed a replay of it. Yeah. So, oh, there's controversy with this finish. No, it was a botch. Yeah. Ignore it. Was, it. it was a goof. It'll up. go away. <laughs> exactly. Literally, nobody cares about it. Yeah, that nobody cares. Uh, next, we had a pretty cool video package for Access, which might have been the first time it happened. Um, that's possible. I think at this point, no, I th- well, I, uh, Pritchard, I think said that they, the, the restaurant was open all the way until like, um, uh, like 19, like WrestleMania yeah, yeah, 19. Yeah. Why didn't they have this at like, why wasn't there like more in the restaurant? 
The restaurant wasn't in L.A. It was in New York. It was in Times Square. That doesn't matter. They should have done some satellite stuff. I want to see that damn restaurant. You have a restaurant in Times Square. You can't show me some footage of the restaurant? Well, watch WrestleMania is a worldwide event. Oh, my goodness. It doesn't have to be local. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. After that, we have a... It was an impressive crowd for access, though. It was a good crowd. Uh, We had Al Snow in the bathroom talking to somebody in a stall. In walks his tag team partner, Steve Blackman. Um, They have a bit of a back and forth. Uh, And then Steve Blackman leaves. Uh, Al Snow opens the door of the stall, uh, acts as if someone just made a big doo-doo. Yeah. Pretty funny. Uh, Next, the match, Head Cheese, which is Steve Blackman and Al Snow taking on TNA, Test, and Albert with Trish Stratus. I kind of enjoyed this match because it, it, it when we watched it on the live stream, it allowed us to uh, educate ourselves on the history of Steve Blackman. Which is far more vast than I ever would have suspected. I had That dude was literally in the WWF doing house shows. Ten years before he jumped the, the as barricade as As early as like 87. Yeah. The golden era of wrestling could have featured Steve Blackman. That is crazy to that me. That something else. Um, but then he... Uh, he was on the verge, apparently, like eighty nine uh, or ninety, something like that. Getting signed, then he got malaria. He got malaria and dysentery because he had uh, traveled to South America and contracted that that stuff there. And then he had to be in like bed rest for two years. That's crazy. Um, and it took him four years to get back in shape. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And but he, did he, some, was, he did some martial arts training in the yeah, interim. Yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, me too. Um, it's funny because like back then when we were watching originally. There were so many great characters and personalities, and C. Blackman was not a personality guy, but he really ran with that. He was the yeah. guy who most, like, kind of like Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock never really ran with him having no personality. He should have. Yeah, I know. Steve Blackman did. Yeah. He did everything he could to make fun of the fact that he was kind of lacking in personality. Yes. Which was really cool. And he was pretty decent in the ring, too. Yeah, he was. He was fun to watch. Yeah. And he, uh, he had a. Really good hardcore match with Shane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they teamed in with Al Snow as head cheese. I'm not sure where, where did the cheese bit come from. It had to have been Blackman. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember actively watching at the time. I just forget where the cheese thing. Yeah, came no, from. it was 20 years ago, man. Yeah. Um, so uh, <clears throat> Al, before the match starts, introduces Chester McCheeserton. Oh man, this guy was great. Yeah. Super over with me. Yeah. He was a, a short fella uh, who was wearing a yellow bodysuit. And a big foam, foam cheese wedge costume. Yeah, cheese wedge. And there was like buttocks cut out of it mm-hmm. for added comedy value. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, also, uh, a little cool little tidbit about this match. Teddy Long. Play a player. Was the referee. Yeah, man. Uh, the match itself was whatever. Um, in the end, uh, TNA pick up the win. Um, after uh, uh, press slam from Albert and a top rope elbow from Test. After the match, Al Snow grabs a mic. He apologizes to Steve Blackman and says, uh, "Chester, come in the ring." Mm-hmm. Of course, he's he's got like you know like a four foot wide wedge of cheese costume. He can't get himself in the in the ring. So Al Snow goes down the ringside, picks him up, and kind of puts him on the apron and pushes him into really the funny. ring. This guy was really short, and then helps him up. Chester was really short. Yeah. And uh, Al says, you know, it's, it's, it's time to part ways with Chester here. Bashes him in the head with the mic and then sets him up. Uh, Steve hits a running kick to Chester's chest. And then Al hits a top rope leg drop with some assistance from Steve Blackman. But luckily Chester. for Chester, that cheese outfit seemed very protective. Yes. So I think he was okay. Yeah, I think he was. Next, we had a segment backstage between the cat and Mae Young where they tried to find a funny, quote unquote, and quote unquote clever ways to hide the fact that the cat was nude. This wasn't really even funny when Austin Powers did it. No, I mean, look, I, I'm not gonna say, oh, this is so, so exploitative. I get it. It was supposed to be comical, not like, oh, you know, sexy or whatever. Um, although there was a nipple slip, they didn't quite pull off the you can't see everything, but on the network they blur it. Yep, boo. Um, but uh, but yeah, they did the Austin Powers thing where they just cover up the the little bits and the pieces, body parts with stuff, the junk, so you don't see it. Yeah, the nipples, the buttholes. Um, so <clears throat> I don't know. It was kind of amusing. Uh, after that, we had uh, a Dudley Boys interview uh, where they just did their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bubba Ray uh, was he had that sort of I forgot that he, they had sort of a Southern accent thing. Yeah, I mean I get that that sort of the idea is that. But did you put in here the cigarette lady? No, I forgot to put the part about in there about the cigarette lady. So I don't know where that was in here. It was after this. But we there can, was a contest winner. Yes. Yeah, so we can talk about it right now and get out of the way. This was great. There was a contest where the WWE, the day of WrestleMania, do you they, believe that was a shoot? No, they kayfabe that. Okay. Well, within the realm of kayfabe, they show up at this family's house who had won this sweepstakes of some sort, this WWE contest, uh, where they would show up at their house whisk them away mm-hmm. and go straight to WrestleMania day of. Yes. And so we're to believe that they showed up in uh, Pennsylvania. I forget yeah, where it I was. I think it was either Allentown, Allentown. or, or there was an arrow going to another town the other way. I don't, I don't okay. know which one it was. They show up, they open up this door and there's this uh, lady here who was smoking inside her house, which that's fine, I guess. But like her kids are there and then, like, the camera pans yeah, down. That part's not okay. <laughs> to see her hugging the kid. And, like, 
if this is the kid's head right here, it's like, oh, look, mommy. Yeah, like the cigarette's right here. Oh, look. And like the cigarette is right there next to that little kid's head. Yeah, dad's there drinking a Heine. Oh, it looked man. Like. Or a rolling rock, one of the two. And she was sporting a homemade rock shirt. Yeah, it just said rock. It just said rock on it. And there was like some bedazzling there going on. And so uh, the story is they, they whisked them away in limousine. Mm-hmm. We don't know who's looking after the kids. We have no idea. Dog was. was. They just left the house with kids inside. It was dog. Said there's some there's some pork and beans in the in the ca- cupboard up there. You know where the can openers and that. We'll be back in two days. <laughs> uh, we'll, call, want, we'll call in sick for school for you. If you want some smokes, they're next to mommy's. Uh, you know where bed. they're at. Yeah, you know where they're at, kid. Uh, so they're whisked off in a private jet. Uh, fast forward, they're sitting ringside at Mania. Yeah, in the same clothes. Yeah. As one of the one of our fellow friendos in the stream said, they probably stole the towels out of that plane. That, <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Oh my god, lady, you can't be smoking like yeah, that. You can't be it's smoking only in front of your two, kids. It's two thousand. It's not that long ago. It's like nineteen years ago. People knew how bad secondhand smoke was. Those, those Surgeon General warnings were on cigarettes long before two thousand. Long time. Long before. Yeah. Next triangle uh, tag ladder match: Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus Dudleys. Legendary bout, iconic match. up there with with HBK versus Razor Ramon in terms of important ladder matches, big time, impactful, groundbreaking ladder mm. matches. We don't have to go beat for beat from this match because people have seen this many oh, times over. Yeah. I'm sure, um, but this is the one match I remember being there in attendance, mm-hmm. and I know why because it's the only match worth remembering. Yeah, okay. Um, after watching it again, this is like the third time I think I've seen it in total. We were doing, oh, last year we did a thing on best WrestleMania matches, I think, and we included this one. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, you can argue all you want if this, or if their match the following SummerSlam and then the match the following Mania was better. Mm-hmm. It was maybe more, the pace was a bit higher, maybe, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of setup in this one. Yeah. But the, the influence of this match cannot be underestimated. Oh, no. At the time, you didn't see stuff like this in WWF. Didn't see it. It was a star making performance, and it's also uh, uh, worthwhile to note. That this was the WrestleMania debut of everybody in this match. Of everybody in this match, Jericho, uh-huh. Guerrero, Kurt Angle, yes, Guerrero, Malenko, Malenko. There's a lot of debuts. Perry Saturn. Yeah, a lot of debuts on this WrestleMania. Yes, uh, and and you also noted uh, this this What Culture article mm-hmm. um, also noted, and you brought this up during the stream that beside that Triple H. Uh, if you go back to to, to WrestleMania 12, mm-hmm. four years earlier, mm-hmm. Triple H is the only person from that card. Which is also held in the same building. Which is held in the same building on this. And granted, Stone Cold and uh, Undertaker, Undertaker were both hurt at this time. Yeah, because yeah, they were both at 12 also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the the degree of turnover was pretty high. Mm-hmm. Was there anything, like you said, we don't have to go note for note. Watching this again, watching it in its, its entirety. I know we've probably seen it a couple times. This time watching it, was there anything that stood out to you? No, because the two things I remember most watching it live was the Swanton bomb spot off the giant ladder, and then the table set up on top of the ladder is being extremely precarious, and Christian not wanting to stand up because he was convinced that it, that that shit was going to fall it over. It really looked like it was. Yes. Edge had supremely huge balls for yes. standing up, not just standing up, but also you know you can sort of use your hands as a stabilizing device. He held he held that title high. Yep. And Christian literally was just on his hands and knees. Well, at one point he reaches out and grabs Edge's, he was Edge's arm. Edge's arm. He's like, mm-mm, no, It no. was like he was about to be car sick. 
the thing that I that I noticed about it that sort of made me chuckle that we noted a couple times during the stream was when Matt Hardy falls from the top platform table to the table below. That thing was so gimmicked. It basically it disintegrated. Basically, it looked like you could blow on that thing, and it would disintegrate into like five very like noticeably not messy parts. It was like a video game table, or like a or like a toy or table, scripted to to break exactly the same way in the yeah, same, it, certain yeah, animation exactly, and break yeah. some really clean parts. Yeah, but, but that table basically blew up under him. But it was just spot, spot, spot. It was great. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Tons of fun. So much fun. Uh, next, we had a Mick Foley and Linda McMahon interview. Um, Foley, I think, had retired after a Hell in a Cell match with Triple H earlier in the year. Yeah, sounds right. Um, he was brought back to be part of the main event, I think, just because Vince wanted to give him a, a Mania main event before he actually retired. Mm -hmm. um, maybe at the cost of potentially Chris Jericho being in the main event. He was That's on some of the heard. early advertising material. Yeah. Um, and then he mentioned that he was supposed to be in it at one point, but then I guess Vince... It was weird because he had such an incredible debut, mm -hmm. and it seemed like Vince wasn't really convinced that he had star power. I had I, I thought I had read that Triple H wasn't a big Jericho fan. It wouldn't surprise me if that <clears throat> seeped up into Vince's ear. It's possible. Something like that. I don't know. It's possible. Anyways, this Foley and Linda interview, like, it didn't make any sense for the McMahons to be involved in this, really. No, it didn't. And also, <clears throat> uh, I think part of that What Culture article indicated that Foley had was having some issues with The Rock during at this point. Mm -hmm. Like when he came back, I don't know. He never specified. I don't think he ever. Actually he didn't said, mention The Rock by no, name. It was it was speculation. I think on What Culture's part that yeah. he was inferring that it was The Rock. But even Foley seemed kind of I don't know like. Almost disinterested. Mm -hmm. His he, promo wasn't that great. It really wasn't. He was stumbling a little bit, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know how happy he was to to be back for it. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Next, Terry Runnels with uh, Mula. Yeah, uh, took on the Cat with May Young, and your guest referee for this match with Val Venus. Yeah, wearing. I do not remember this shirt, but he was wearing a shirt that clearly indicated. Uh, that it had been used as the landing pad for some human seed. Mm -hmm. um, written out in the words... Uh, I'm cocked. I'm, I am cocked. And then on the back, locked and ready to unload, all written in a very Jizzy-esque font. White font. White font. Yes. Yeah. So. And there's actually someone ringside wearing that shirt. I thought maybe they just made one of those, but nope, someone that actually bought that. That is definitely a shirt you would only wear... To a WWE show where in Val Venus in 2000, yeah. where Val Venus was. Yes. Uh, so the the stipulation for this match is that I think you had if you tossed your opponent out of the ring, you won. So early on, both Terry and the Cat uh, try to butter up Val, mm -hmm. you know, rubbing up on his arm. Yeah, being flirtatious, I yeah. guess. Uh, at one point, uh, Terry and the Cat are brawling in the corner. Val goes to break it up, so he picks up uh, Terry Runnels. And then Terry starts kissing on Val. Uh, Val is into it. They notice the cat standing up. Then he drops Terry, and the cat comes up and starts kissing on Val. See, right there, that line, right, that, that what you just said sounds like a, a description of a pornography. It does. <laughs> what happens next? Exactly. Um, <laughs> a little bit later after, <laughs> Mae Young gets on the apron, just tries to distract Val by exposing herself. Yeah. Uh, and while that's happening, the cat, who Mae Young 
walk down the ring with, tosses yeah. Terry Reynolds from the ring. Val doesn't see it. Right. The cat won the match, but thanks to the the, the antics of, of the May Young, she walked down. With, I know. Yeah. Um, again, later on, May Young gets in the ring. Val tries to get her out. May starts kissing him. Um, also, again, at this point, the cat tosses Terry from the ring again. Val doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Moolah gets involved, pulls Cat out of the ring. Val sees that. Mm-hmm. At this point, Terry's back in the ring. Yeah. So the cat wins. The, or Sorry, Terry wins the match. Yeah. Because Val turns around, sees the cat outside, assumes Terry tossed her out. Right. And then afterwards, uh, Mae Young hit a Bronco Buster on Moolah. After cross shopping a little bit, and then, and cat, then the cat yeah rips off Terry Reynolds' pants. Yeah, she was wearing flesh colored, nude toned thong undies. Um, so uh, no butthole was exposed. Um, after that, with a brief bit with uh, the Radicals, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko backstage. Mm-hmm. Eddie talking about uh, China. Yeah, this is the, the early days when he was trying to woo China. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, did you see her face? Or it's so she, beaming. She, she has a twinkle in her feel eye. Feel my Latino heat." Yeah, and then Perry Saturn said something about, uh, "Hey, you're not the only good-looking guy here." And I was like, "Are you talking about you?" And then Dean, strictly business. <laughs> I'm light heavyweight champion. We can't afford to lose this match. Let's go in. Right. And then we cut to he was two, already, he was already proven his bona fides to be a WWE producer. Exactly. So then we cut. To Too Cool in China in another locker room, and they're watching that segment on the TV. That's so They're meta. watching the live yeah. pay-per-view. Did they have to pay full price for that? And China's like, oh, he's that Eddie Guerrero. He's so gross. So that leads to a match, Radicals versus Too Cool in China. China was so over. She was super over. Every little bit of offense she had, the crowd popped for. She had that awesome firework cannon. She came out, that's right, yeah, with that's the fireworks best cannon. Best gimmick, man. Best gimmick. Um, and Eddie was just... Prime Eddie in this. Everything he did worked so perfectly. So like when he was in the ring against anybody other than China, he'd be constantly looking at China, winking at her. Um, And then when it was time for her to come in the ring, when someone tag her in, he'd run to his corner. Mm -hmm. You know, one time he hugged the the rest legs. He was hugging uh, the legs of his teammates. Turnbuckle, just trying not to face the wrath of China. Yeah. Um, But then at one point, like she kind of spurs his advances, so he like runs her into the turnbuckle. <laughs> yeah, at that point it gets violent. Yeah, but it's within the context of a match, so it's okay. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Um, Don't think about it too much. Yeah. Uh, later on, Eddie uh, distracts the ref again by hugging his legs, and then Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko take take out Sky Too Hotty. I think they toss him in the front row. He comes back in the match. Um, later on, though, China hits a double low blow on Dean and Perry. And then Eddie lays her out from behind. Mm-hmm. But then uh, the finish saw China reverse a powerbomb from Eddie into a powerbomb of her own. Eddie gets up. She grabs him by the front area. It's very Joey Ryan-esque. Mm-hmm. And then lifts him up for a, a military press slam. He lands. She picks him up. Sleeper hold. Kind of a zigzag type deal. Gets the win. And crowd goes crazy for it. Yeah. Eddie was amazing in this match. China oh. was such a star. Yep. Um not a great match, but entertained nonetheless. This was this was totally like prime China. This was like mm-hmm. peak China. This mm-hmm. was really she should have been doing a lot more than teaming with Too Cool. Yeah, I agree with that. She should have been champion. Yep. Next big show and Shane backstage. Well, I don't know why either people were involved in the main event. Next, uh, Kurt Angle, a little funny bit, was talking to the head of security at the pond. And he's saying, after I win, retain both my titles, I'm going to go in the crowd and celebrate. 
there'd be a lot of uh, people, kids, even adults. They're gonna come celebrate with me. I need extra security to keep me mm-hmm. safe. Can you do that? If you can do that for me, I'll I'll sign some autographs for you. Yeah. And the security guy kind of no sells them. Yeah. Um, which brings us to Jericho versus Benoit versus Kurt Angle. Uh, both the Angle's belts, the Intercontinental title and the European title are on the line. First fall, Intercontinental title. Second fall, European title. I like that idea. Yeah, I know. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Of. And I thought it it drove home the Kurt Angle thing, how he he didn't get pinned. He didn't lose his titles on mm-hmm. either of these. Uh, Benoit picked up the first one. Jericho picked up mm-hmm. the second one, and they got the pins on each other. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You you said you mentioned that uh, you heard that Jericho was not a fan of this yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. I think he said I thought it was a books. pretty damn good match. I thought match. it was fun. Yeah, it was a really fun it match. It was a really fun match. It was fast paced. The, the pace never let up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a, a lot of fun. There, It was it was really crisp, crisply wrestled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. One thing I also uh, noticed here is we were looking at a little bit at like what WCW was doing at the time, and mm-hmm. obviously it was mm-hmm. trash. Um, but. Just the difference when you went to WWF from WCW, and this could be said for the Radicals in the earlier match, Jericho and Benoit here, you just came off like a star, mm-hmm. like an absolute mm-hmm. star. And they all did, as opposed to WCW, where you, there was always that thing where, well, we're never going to get past Hogan. Yeah. You know, we're never going to get past that crew. We're never going to get, we're never going to win Bischoff over. Mm-hmm. So, it was really, it was really awesome to see that. I, I always loved seeing the juxtaposition of the two. Um, but yeah, this was a really, really fun match. Uh, Benoit picked up the first pin uh, with top rope headbutt, uh, and then Jericho picked up the second pin on Benoit mm-hmm. with uh, a lion salt. Um, and Kurt Angle was uh, complaining at the end about, "Well, nobody pinned me." Yeah. Nobody, those, nobody are my, won. those are my championships. Nobody won this. I'm trying to see how soon after all this that Angle picked up the world title. Because he was king of the ring that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho and uh, uh, Benoit kind of feuded on and off, it looks like, in the interim. Mm-hmm. Is it SummerSlam that Angle won the belt? It's probably better just to look up Kurt Angle. Yeah, no, I just want to see like all the other stuff. Oh, everything was going on in yeah. the meantime. In yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So main event. Oh, so he was in the title match at SummerSlam, but lost. Mm-hmm. Rock retained. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, defeating the Rock at No Mercy. Uh, looked like it was at No Mercy 2000. No mercy. Right. So in October. The Rock defended the title against Kurt Angle. Angle pinned Rock after an Angle slam to win the title. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and that's where Stone Cold returned. Yeah. To battle Rikishi, <laughs> the man who ran him over. <laughs> yeah. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. 
We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. his star was... On the rise. Straight to the top, baby. Oh, yes. Straight to the top. Um, after that match, it's really solid. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, had a Vince interview. Yeah, it's just talking about McMahon family drama. I didn't even care yeah, about that's it. exactly what he's talking that's about. Exactly what it was. A lot of people say that we're a dysfunctional family. Yeah, I happen to think that's incorrect, but we're gonna find out because everybody loves McMahon. McMahon, 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 McMahon. McMahon. Not everybody loves McMahon. No, man. Vince, dial it back, Vince. Yes. And after that, another Triple H and Stephanie. Oh, you didn't. Know. Oh, yeah. Segment where it was kind of the same as the first time, all in hushed tones. <laughs> he talked in us stuff. You're champ. I'm champ. We're champs together. We're going to be champion forever. I'm, I'm, I'm booking myself really strong these days. Next. Oh, you, you didn't, didn't know? know. X-Pac. So Road Dog and X-Pac versus Rikishi and Kane. So uh, you had your Road Dog prone before uh, the match. Uh, and this is all about Rikishi doling out stink faces. Mm-hmm. Road Dog ate one. Tori ate one. Uh, Not Tori Wilson. No. DX Tori. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Kane pinned X-Pac after a tombstone. And then uh, Too Cool ran down the ring to dance with Rikishi. But then San Diego Chicken showed up as well, of course, in prior years. Uh, Pete Rose has been under that, underneath that costume. Yeah. So everybody's expecting that to be Pete Rose. Anyways, Too Cool, Rikishi, they start dancing. Chicken dances too. Uh, Kane, after the dancing concludes, grabs the chicken by the throat. He starts choking him against the turnbuckle. In runs Pete Rose with a baseball bat. Tries to sneak up on Kane. Doesn't work. He eats a choke slam from Kane. Stink face from Rikishi. Yeah. Just a whole lot of who cares. Yeah. Just, you know. I mean, I I don't know. I kind of, number one, Pete Rose, he can take a choke slam. That's pretty impressive. Uh, he took a tombstone, as you noted, during the stream before. And he took a stink face. And he took a stink face. I mean, that's like the least impressive. You just sit there and yeah, have a guy rub his... Yeah, you're your yeah. you're not getting butthole in your face. <laughs> right. Uh, after that, interview with The Rock. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, cookie cutter. Yeah, it's cookie cutter face didn't rock kinda promo. Go, didn't go out of his way to make funnies. I, I like that. I like when he mainly did that as a Rudo. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a Technico. Mm-hmm. Bring this to our main event. Mick Foley accompanied... By Linda McMahon. Big show with Shane. Well, the apparently rock. sung by Michael Hayes. Yeah, we just learned that today. We just learned that. And Michael P.S. Hayes sang the first version of Big Show's theme. So that's him going, well. Yeah, I could, I could totally hear it. Yeah, I, I can, can hear now. his voice. Your bad street. Uh, uh, the Rock, with, uh, accompanied by Vince, and then Triple H, of course, with Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, a, for the most part, it's long. It's about twice as long as it needs to be. Yeah. But partially because of the elimination match, mm-hmm. uh, partially because it's, it's, it's more than two people, so it's no DQ, it's chaotic, this match ended up being a bit more entertaining than I thought. There's a couple of twists and turns throughout. Yeah. It just, it just went on too long. If this is like a 20-minute main event that you don't have the overbooking with all the McMahons. It was, a, it, was enter- it was an entertaining match with a terrible finish. Yes. The finish was god-awful. Yes, it doesn't actually make any sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, first one eliminated is Big Show. He just takes one rock bottom. He's gone. Like two minutes <laughs> into the match. 
Yeah. But then there's a, there's there's the interest, interesting dynamic given the history between Foley and The Rock and Triple H. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at this point, Foley and The Rock have had their ups and downs. They've had their I Quit match at the Royal Rumble. They've had their Rock and Sock connection. Um, so they've seen the best of times. They've seen the worst of times. Mm-hmm. And so it, there's this one point where uh, Foley has the mandible claw on Triple H. Foley lets go and tosses it, like pushes him towards the rock so the rock can lay Triple H out with the title. Yeah. And then rock starts setting up for the people's elbow and right as he's running to go to Triple H, Foley puts the mandible claw on him. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. Foley wants that title in what could be his last match. Yeah. Um, and then later on, uh, Foley and Triple H team up to try to take out the rock. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some interesting personal interpersonal dynamics going even, on even even if this had started as a triple threat match, it would have been fine. That would have been a little bit better. You just you take the McMahons out of the situation and you take Big Show out of all the situation. this superfluous stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then you get like three guys who, like you just said, have a lot of history with each other, and even that would be a superior match than than what we got. Just all yeah. the extra stuff. Yeah. Because the extra stuff played into the finish, which was the worst part of the match. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, Foley is eventually eliminated by Triple H after a pedigree, a chair shot, and then a pedigree on a chair. So you get Triple H and The Rock, which is probably what the match should have been just to begin with. Yeah. Um, and they, so they start fighting. They start brawling all over the place. Uh, uh, the, who, who gets suplexed to the table? The Rock suplexes Triple H through a table. Uh, oh, we should mention this spot where... Uh, Triple, or is it? I just missed it. Spot where uh, Foley, there we go. Triple H sets up the rock on the announce table, and then Foley goes to the second rope and goes for double axe handle. Mm-hmm. Completely whiffs on it, though. Oh, God, Looks yeah. Like and the, I don't know if... Like his midsection landed across the edge of the yeah, it looked, table. Yeah, it looked really It looked bad. rough. It looked really rough. And so Triple H hops on there, DDTs the rock. The table budges a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then he gets on the uh, the barricade and drops like an elbow on him just to put him through the table. Mm-hmm, finally. Yeah. So you need that visual. Um, so the Rock and Triple H, they brawl in the ring. They brawl up the ramp. There's a suplex spot that, at the stage. Brawl through the crowd. Back in the ring. Brawl back up through the crowd. They're fighting all over the place. Um, and then at one point, Vince attacks Triple H, sends him in the ring post. Um, during that, Shane sneaks back down ringside. Of course, he had left when Big Show was eliminated. He lays out Vince. Vince gets up. They start brawling. And then Shane hits Vince in the head with a chair. So Briscoe and Patterson come down, help Vince to the back. Shane starts kind of hanging around ringside like he wants to get involved again. Thinking about. Yeah. Uh, so he gets it, he gets into the ring, Shane does, with a chair. And The Rock uh, sends Triple H into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so incapacitates, knocks out Shane briefly. Rock hits a rock bottom, but too tired to make the cover. Um, while Rock's trying to crawl over to make the cover, Shane kind of comes to. Vince runs down the ring, uh, punches Shane, Shane right in the front area. That was awesome. Um, sends him out of the ring. Uh, then Vince grabs the chair, acts like he's going to hit Triple H. Instead, turns and hits The Rock. Mm-hmm. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Just no. like five minutes prior, he attacked Triple H. It's all this like, oh, well, we're family, so the motivation can now go out of the window. You know, I thought how they could have explained it. When Shane hit uh, Vince in the head with a chair, it's like the switch went on. He's Mr. McMahon again. Heal yeah. Mr. McMahon. I don't think explain yeah. it away yeah. at all. Um, anyways, Triple H goes for the cover, but The Rock kicks out. Uh, Vince then hits The Rock in the head again with a chair, but this time that's good enough to get the pin. Yep. Should have hit him in the chair. He sells a chair shot. 
pedigree from Triple H. Mm-hmm. Pedigree. Yeah. Pin. Because Finish yeah, you way. need you need Triple H's pedigree in there, like as the punctuating moment. Yes. Not McMahon hitting Rock with the yes, chair. Exactly. Stupid. So uh, there's one between Vince and Steph. They hug in the middle of the ring. Granted, Triple H just successfully retained the title at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't really see him at, at all again. No, he disappears. Yeah. He disappears. He, disappears. he, he shows up like after, because then Rock, like, uh, she, he comes back. He's like going to the back, but then he turns around and sees what's going on and he comes running back. Mm-hmm. He gives uh, Rock bottoms to everybody and punctuates it with Stephanie. And then you see he leaves and then Triple H sort of crawls over to Stephanie. And I uh, feel like you really needed that moment. Because the way it played out, it's just all about the McMahons. It's all about the McMahons. You need the moment where, where you have Vince and you have Stephanie and you have Triple H in there. Mm-hmm. All embracing. And then, of course, at the end of the following WrestleMania 17, what do you have? McMahon. Mm-hmm. You have him in the Stone Cold mm-hmm. uh, heel turn. Um, like, I understand. I, and here's the thing. I can even, I can even understand that where McMahon's coming from in that his rivalry with Stone Cold was big, big, big money. Yeah. And so you think, well, even if I take myself, take, and I know McMahon can never separate himself from his ego, but I understand I'm a draw, I'm McMahon. I understand that my presence has proven out to draw viewers Mm -hmm. and it might be cloudy in terms of how far do you want to take that? Yeah. But in this case, it was too far. Yeah, the, the, the focus, as we can see by the end of the contest, was squarely on McMahon. Mm-hmm. Triple H had been there. I mean, maybe their, their rationale was, well, we don't, Triple H can't be in there when the rock comes back down to dole at rock bottom because yeah. we want our champion taking a rock bottom. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Find a way around that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it was just... It you was need that point. moment where, where you have a handshake or something between Triple H and Shane. Mm-hmm. So the focus is still on your champion. <laughs> right, exactly. But we don't get that. Yeah. So yeah, it was, and then of course, uh, I, you know, our sentiment wasn't. Uh, it's not exclusive to us. The crowd started chucking all sorts of garbage into the ring. Yeah, they were not. They were not excited about that finish. Either. Not what's. Not at all. No. So not at all. That's not surprising. Next pay per view, Rock beat Triple H for the belt too. Oh God, really? Mm-hmm. Gee whiz. I mean, there's a lot of talent to go around, so they were trading that thing left oh, yeah. and right oh, back yeah. then. So, uh, yeah, uh, it was what it was. Can't sit here and say good stuff. There was that one iconic match. There was some silly stuff. Mm-hmm. But by and large, WrestleMania 2000, kind of a turd. Yep. Kind of a turd if it's a pay-per-view. But uh, we enjoyed watching it with the friendos. We did. Uh, let's see here. We're in March. So, yeah, the next one we do, we'll pr- probably do. Are we going to do another Mania one? Uh, we'll I mean, see. it's going to be after Mania, but yeah. it's still... You know, may, hey, you know what we could do? Maybe the next one could we be... We the best, the worst, and most important pay-per-view after WrestleMania of all time. What about this? Best, worst, most important Raw after Mania of all time. Oh, we could do Cause that. Because it'll be after Mania. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. It'd be fun to watch a Raw also. Anyways. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Be a part of Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy Going In Raw ad-free, gain access to the daily 30-minute Going In Raw post-show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, 
it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.